as the United States has become more liberal and willing to recognize and accept other religions and organizations, Satanism, the Church of Satan, Wicca, and other alternative belief systems have grown in popularity. As those beliefs have moved into the mainstream, we've become more and more familiar with imagery and names that have long been associated with evil and satanic panic. One of those images we've begun seeing more and more is of a goat-headed creature that many people mistake as a representation of the devil himself. That very misunderstood creature has some surprising origins and doesn't exactly represent what many people think it does. Maybe you didn't know that that goat-headed image is that of Baphomet. Baphomet dates all the way back to medieval times, specifically the Knights Templar. If you're casually familiar with the Knights Templar, this might sound like the opposite of what you know of them. The Knights Templar are usually thought of as protectors of Christianity and a main force behind the Crusades, which were on the surface, wars fought to protect Christianity against Islamic forces. But at their root were wars fought on the basis of xenophobia and colonialism. What you probably don't realize is that the Knights Templar met an unlikely end under the rule of King Philip IV. On Friday the 13th, in October 1307, King Philip had a large number of Templars arrested. The Knights Templar were accused of over 100 charges, including heresy, homosexuality, sodomy, and disrespecting the cross by both spitting and urinating on it. The knights were tortured into forced confessions of the charges. Interestingly, it wasn't King Philip's first rodeo with these types of charges. He had previously leveled practically identical charges against the Cathars, which were widely persecuted unorthodox Christians, and Pope Boniface VIII who King Philip had kidnapped for a period. It seems that maybe these types of accusations were King Philip's ace in the hole when it came to getting his way and eliminating political threats. In 2001, a parchment called the Shinon Parchment was discovered 
in the Vatican's secret archives that seemed to indicate that Pope Clement V had absolved the Knights Templar of these charges in 1308, just one year after the charges were initially brought. This parchment indicated, though, that the Knights Templar were actually guilty of spitting on and otherwise desecrating the cross, but for good reason. It was believed that this type of desecration would be part of the torture brought against the Knights if captured by the Saracens, who were primarily Arab and Turkish Muslims that were enemies of the Templars during the Middle Ages and the Crusades. The desecration of the cross was an exercise in preparation to commit false apostasy against the cross if needed, if captured by the enemy. The knights were encouraged to commit apostasy with the mind, but not the heart, in essence, absolving them of any sin in the eyes of God. However, Baphomet made appearances in the charges brought against the Templars in 1307, and was part of why the Templars were accused of heresy and even devil worship. It's worth noting that many Templars admitted to Baphomet worship during their torture confessions, but they all described the worship and Baphomet itself differently. Some described Baphomet as a severed head, others as a head with three faces, while some claimed Baphomet was a cat. If you're at all familiar with the appearance of Baphomet, you're probably thinking that those descriptions look nothing like Baphomet, and you'd be right. Because at that point, Baphomet wasn't the creature we know it as today, but we'll get to that. The significance of the claims about Baphomet being a head is that the Templars often carried head-shaped reliquaries, which are containers intended to hold holy or otherwise important relics. It wasn't unheard of for the knights to carry around things like pieces of clothing or bone from saints, and to maintain relics like heads or entire skeletons of saints or other people of importance. At the time, Baphomet was considered to be a heathen idol, and some believe that the name Baphomet is actually a mistranslation or bastardization of the name Mohammed, aka Muhammad, which was a very important name floating around during the Crusades, considering the Crusades were Great Britain, France, and other European countries first major interaction with the Islamic faith. And it wasn't uncommon for Christianity as a whole to either completely misinterpret or bastardize other beliefs and religions. So the connection of Muhammad to Baphomet is absolutely within the realm of possibility. 
If you're not convinced of the likelihood of this connection, Mohammed led to a now obsolete English word, Mamet, which directly referenced idolatry and false gods. Not to mention that Baphomet actually doesn't have any historical connection to the Knights Templar in any documents outside of the Inquisition of the Templars. So it's certainly likely that King Philip's intention was to sit back and say, see, they're heretics and they're secretly in cahoots with the enemy, in a way that sounded both feasible and mysterious enough to be true. After the fall of the Templars, the name of Baphomet kind of just disappeared from people's minds. It wasn't interesting gossip or accusation anymore, and as time went on and Europe moved forward from the Crusades, the overarching interest in Islam kind of dropped off the map for a while. It wasn't until the 1800s when mysticism and the occult gained steam that Baphomet showed back up. In 1854 and 1856, Eliphas Levi released two volumes titled Dogma and Rituals of High Magic, in which he correlated the name of Baphomet with an image he had drawn himself. He also referred to it as the Sabbatic Goat. The new image of Baphomet depicted a humanoid creature with wings, a goat's head, goat legs covered by draped fabric, a woman's breasts, a torch between its horns, the sign of the pentagram on its forehead, and one hand pointing upward toward the white moon of Hesed and the other hand pointing downward toward the black moon of Gibura. These two moons loosely relate to Judaism, mainly to Kabbalism, with the moon of Hesed representing love and compassion, and the moon of Gibura representing judgment and limitation. This symbolism represents harmony between mercy and justice. This creature also represents equality, androgyny, and evenness. Levi took aspects of this creature from the believed devil worship of the witch's Sabbath, which included an idol or symbol of a goat with a candle between its horns, and dated back to the Middle Ages. Other aspects may have come from carvings that were on some Templar churches that depicted squatting, winged creatures with bearded male faces, breasts, horns, and the hind legs of animals. Levi's Baphomet creature became a central figure 
in the mystic belief system created by Aleister Crowley in the beginning of the 20th century. This belief system, called Thelema, focused on occult-based social and spiritual philosophies and religious practices. It was within this belief system that Crowley believed the goat-headed Baphomet was a symbol of the divine and of androgynous perfection. Connections were drawn between Baphomet and the occult phrase that was of great importance to Crowley, as above, so below, which is a reference to the balance of things happening evenly across levels of reality. The Gnostic Catholic Church also references Baphomet during the Gnostic Mass in the phrase, and I believe in the serpent and the lion, mystery of mysteries, in his name, Baphomet. Later, Levi's Baphomet made an appearance on the Devil card in the Rider Waite tarot deck. The connections drawn between Baphomet and the Devil of Christian beliefs was solidified because Christians at the time associated all versions of the occult, Wicca, and witchcraft with devil worship. Seeing a goat-headed creature being reverenced or worshipped by people of alternative belief systems made clear to Christians that it was an idol representing Satan. And that's where the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple entered the picture. In the 1960s, the Church of Satan, which is a religious organization, made Baphomet a part of the sigil of their church, which permanently associated Baphomet with Satan in the mind of Christianity as a whole. If you keep track of current events, you may have seen a couple of times in the last few years where the Satanic Temple petitioned to have a statue of Baphomet placed on state property, most notably in Arkansas and Oklahoma. To understand this move, you have to understand the difference between the Church of Satan, which is a religious organization, and the Satanic Temple, which is a political organization. The Baphomet statue has been used as a form of political protest as a representation of the necessity for the separation of church and state, which was a core founding belief of the United States. Oklahoma and Arkansas both had Christian imagery on public property in Oklahoma, a statue of the Ten Commandments had been installed at the Oklahoma Capitol, but was eventually removed after the state Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional. Here in Arkansas, the state Capitol building in Little Rock had a statue of the Ten Commandments on the lawn of the Capitol. This is a clear deviation 
from separating church and state. So the Satanic Temple's protest was to show that if Christian imagery on public land is acceptable, then so is imagery from alternative belief systems. The Satanic Temple also asserts that much of the problem Christians, notably within the GOP, have with this type of imagery is that a statue of Baphomet on public property is a threat to the dominance of Christianity as a religion in this country and its use as a political tool to affect change in laws based on religious beliefs instead of separating out religious beliefs from lawmaking. If you were wondering, the Baphomet statue did make a short visit to the Arkansas State Capitol in 2018, but it was not placed there on permanent display. The Ten Commandments statue still stands, but a lawsuit was brought by members of the community and the ACLU alleging that the statue is unconstitutional. A trial date was originally set for July 2020, but because of COVID-19, the trial was postponed, and I can't find the new trial date listed anywhere. The Arkansas ACLU has been busy so far this year fighting for trans rights, the rights of the people of color, and the rights surrounding abortion and health care. But keep an eye on the news to see where the Ten Commandments lawsuit goes. Thanks for listening to this episode of WISE. And thanks for all of your understanding surrounding me currently cutting back on the number of episodes I'm producing. Please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash wisepodcast. For only $5 a month, you'll get access to two extra episodes monthly and will help me to create new content. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at awisepodcast or email me at awisepodcast at gmail.com.